Now all you got to do is process. Excuse me. Now all you have to do is create a process. And follow the golden triangle. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Buddy, it's episode 143 of the Lifestyle Business Podcast, the show where we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom and opportunity in your life. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today, I'm joined by my captain, my co-host, a man for whom the only bubble he sees is at the bottom of a bottle of Perrier. Hail. <laughs> I think I threw my back out at yoga. <laughs> if you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll share with you the number one an often hidden sticking point for entrepreneurs at any level, making deals with reality, Ian. Cutting deals, buddy. Cutting deals. We're going to talk about deal making today. And I really believe, Ian, that this is the probably the most important skill in entrepreneurship, more than selling, more than you know writing, more than all sort of stuff we talk about. Um, maybe even it's more so than marketing. Cutting deals, It's baby. the most meta episode of all Time. I'm heading off for a month of travel. I'm really looking forward to it. And then um, we will be heading off to Paris, Rome, and Berlin, like we said. Uh, we just reopened the DC. That's a worthwhile news point to bring up. Yep, DC is back open. Yep, so if you guys want to come to the Berlin meetup, I still think we have a couple seats left for that. And uh, if you want to join us in the DC and you're an established entrepreneur, you know, hook up with us. One of the cool things that uh, Isaac Dudek, he's, uh, we're working with him on some of the functionality in the DC, and he got this really cool member map now. And so yeah. it's like you can search by people uh, via their expertise, which yeah. is really cool. So like I go in there and I say, all right, who's doing e-commerce? I click the e-commerce button. I spent like 15 minutes on that the other day. I was just like, Thailand, web developer. Ah, oh, you know, Cody McKibben. It's, it's, you just go through like all these little, it's so cool. It is. So I really enjoyed that. Thanks, Isaac. One of the things uh, Isaac was kicking around this idea, I think, where you could like put in your travel plans for a year out, and then you could move the scroller along so all the, the dots move around the map. You know, I think that's maybe something we'll do in the next fiscal quarter or something. We gotta get a little bonus before we invest in that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got an email from Tristan from Shopify Ninja. He said, "Hey Dan, I hope, hope you're having a great one." Um, I wanted to let you know how much your episode number 134 has impacted my life on a day-to-day basis. It's exactly what I needed, the kick in the ass I was looking for. I thought he was talking about the kind of dental floss he was using. (laughs) Glide floss. So changed my life too. Tristan told me that he sent, he created this beautiful standard operating document based on episode 134. He sent it out to his two employees. So he's got exactly the target audience for like he's in this moment like we would call it the torque band of a startup where he's poising himself for explosive growth he's getting himself out of his business early and often it's a beautiful thing and we're going to post his strategic operating documents at this episode episode 143 it's, it's kind of amazing to see how close his look to ours shopify ninjas right that's right so check that out at 143 of the lifestyle business podcast so you can get started on your SODs. And I think, Ian, the the message from the audience is clear. 
we need to take this SOD concept to the next level. So we need to put up our SODs online here shortly. So we'll, we'll work on that. All right, how about, how do you feel about getting onto some meat and potatoes or since you're heading off to San Diego, some fish and tacos? I'm starving, man. All right, so today we're gonna talk about the art of cutting deals and ordering the gray matter of the universe. It's kind of this idea that I see this, I really believe, you know, a lot of people have excuses for not being a better entrepreneur. People say like, I'm not confident. I don't have a product idea. Uh, I'm not a good salesperson like you guys or all this kind of, you know, you hear this from people. But a lot of times these are false problems masquerading. They're hiding the deeper issue, which is vision, which is people have a very hard time. It's almost like when people have that distinction, you know, there's two types of people in the world. There's people that like uh, have an idea for what they want to happen. And there's people that opt in to what they see going on. Today, we're going to talk about how not to do that and how to create effective deal-making procedures. And we're gonna to stick to an acronym here. We're gonna call it DEALS, so D-E-A-L-S. But first, let me open up with a quote. And this is really important. One of my favorite business books of all time is The 4-Hour Workweek. What? That's right. And if you go back and read it, um, Tim talks about the book is based on this lecture series called Drug Dealing for Fun and Profit. It's sort of developing these location-independent businesses that give you income from anywhere on the planet. Me and you, we read this book and we were wide-eyed and we were broke and we were like, I think he's right. That's an awesome idea, And we Tim. sat down and we literally wrote out what we wanted to do the very next day. And I think Tim Ferriss was onto something. And if you go back to the beginning of that book, which I've done many times, he points out, if you remember in that book, the fundamental structure of the book was an acronym called DEAL. Okay. Right? right. It was definition, elimination, uh, automation, liberation. And part of the reason he used the word deal was that he believes that this whole ability to make these sorts of businesses rests on the presumption that reality is negotiable. And you have to get good at that before any of this other stuff works. You have to be able to negotiate your own reality. And basically what he says is outside of the law and outside of science, reality is negotiable and you don't have to be a bad person if you're breaking or bending rules. Right. Okay. And in particular, we're going to talk about today about writing rules, okay, and cutting deals. So we're going to really dig down into our own deals acronym and talk about how you can cut big deals like remote working arrangements, partnership arrangements, investing arrangements. This applies across the board. So if you want to get a million dollars in funding or if you want to uh, get a remote working arrangement, this is your episode. If you want to cut a deal with a factory, if you want to cut a deal with a supplier, this makes sense for everybody. All right. So, Ian, let's start in with the D. The D of our deals, our deal-making methodology is define, okay? So you need to know precisely the outcome. This is simple, right? This is, this is the simplest one. Right. But it's missed by people because what people do is they look at the options that are around them. So when I wanted to travel, I looked at teaching English in South Korea. Rather than def that was the difference between us pre and post four hour work week. Right. Post four hour work week, we sat at San Diego Bay, we pulled out a dream line, and we wrote we defined what it was that we wanted. Right. Before that, we were like, maybe we could get a job with this company. Maybe we could opt into this manufacturing group. Maybe we could join the Rotary Club. Right. Right. We're thinking about all the ways to uh, accomplish the dream v via somebody else's hallway. Right? That's right. So. 
the important thing I think with this uh, definition step is to have a vision and be confident in your vision. I think this is the hardest thing for most people. They say like, well, I want to travel, but do I really deserve to travel? I want to have $5 million business, but do I really deserve that? And I think the answer has to be yes. You have to be 100% confident in your idea, in your vision, um, and know that it's right for not only you, but most likely, or more importantly, it's right for the world. All right. So when I think about things like this, I think... This is what needs to happen for the world. And it's a little bit sociopathic, right? Well, I just want to say, so the defined step would be the selfish step. Because, you know, we're making, at the beginning, we got to figure out what, what sort of what, what our ground zero is. The rest of the steps will be more entrepreneurial in the sense that we're going to start talking about other people now. So you get your selfish stuff out of the way, sit down with your dream line, figure out precisely what it is you want. Because the next step, you're going to have to forget about yourself and start thinking about other people. So the next step is to extrapolate. So there's two key sources of power in any deal. There's you and the resources that you provide to an organization. And then there's whatever the power system is that's going to be giving you something. That could be an investor, your employer. Uh, it could be a university. It could be a government. You name it, right? So in the extrapolate phase, you need to get good at future talk and defining a simple future and figuring out where the nexus is, where your desired future and a quality outcome for them could coincide sometime in the future. And basically, this is where you are pulling together slides. You're pulling together key points of data. Like if uh, you know we do X, uh, you're gonna have this much more profitability next year at this time. So if you allow me to take half a pay cut, this is where most people fail with the remote work agreement. They, they fail in the extrapolate phase. It's very difficult because they'll say, Oh, how about you just pay me half and then I'll run off to Hawaii. I'd really like to be in Hawaii. Well, your boss is going to say, that's fishy. Right. What you want to say is, why don't you give me half off of my paycheck and we'll use it to hire five Filipino developers. And the reason I want to do this is because if, you, if we have a team of five people, not only do I get to work on my management chops, but our profitability is going to be so ridiculous next year that you're going to be able to give me my salary back and then some, plus the cost of living is lower over in Manila. The whole idea about this extrapolation is that you want to identify a point in the road, a time in the future when your desires meet up with the hypothetical desires of an existent power structure. I know this sounds really philosophical, but this is actually how deal making works. So you're like, I want to live in Hawaii someday. You need to figure out a point in time in the future that does not exist right now. It's arbitrary, right? You need to extrapolate out a time where an organization would benefit from your presence there. And then you need to lay out that vision for them. Right. That's what the extrapolation phase is. This is exactly what I did when I was telling investors that I wanted to move to Manila. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I wanna, I can't wait to be in Manila. It's gonna be so exciting. I was like, this is a better future for us. And they don't need to know what's motivating it on my end. Right, your selfish desires. That's exactly right. All right, so the next phase, while you're extrapolating, is to anchor. So DE, this is the A, anchor. So you wanna, this is a very important part in deal making because we all know physics, an object, Newton's whatever law, an object in rest tends to stay at rest. And you need to be able to demonstrate the extreme cost of the status quo. Now this is where you have to get clever because what most people wanna do is they don't wanna change. There's a huge cost to change. So what you have to demonstrate is that if they don't take you up on the deal, they're going to experience a lot of pain in the future. So look, here's the problem. If you don't 
think it's a good idea for me to go to Manila and hire five developers, what's going to end up happening is that here's what the competition's going to do. Right. The competition's already stepping towards Manila. They've already cut their costs. We've got a high cost structure. If we don't make this move, it's going to cost us a lot of money. That's right. So you want to anchor your vision against competing future trajectories and show why it's a no-brainer given, and this is what you're doing with your slides, with your extrapolate phase. You're basically showing them that, man, if we do this, it might not even be like the competition's already out the door. It could be this is the way to crush the competition. Right. This is the secret bullet. This is something that you don't know that I know. Hey, this is what we did. By the way, you know, we're telling this meta story, but this is exactly what happened back in 2009. Yes. You made a pitch to me and you said, hey, I want to move over to Asia. It could be detrimental for our business because our mind share is splitting up, but this is the reason we have to do it. We need low cost solutions for this web development stuff. And this is why the deals framework is so important. The most important deals you're going to be cutting are with your partner, right? Like if we were just inertial people, who knows what we'd be doing right now? We'd be on the same business at the beginning, sitting in the same room, doing what everybody told us we were supposed to do. Instead, we're sitting here in a, it's a very rainy villa right now. But yeah, if you can hear it. <laughs> we're sitting here in a beautiful house in Bali with an automated business. And part of it is that we were willing to negotiate these deals with reality. And that brings me to my next point, Whew, which is lead. Okay, now the most important thing about a leader, there's this uh, thing called with him. What's in it for me, right? A leader is always thinking with them. W-I, what's in it for them, okay? <laughs> W-I-F, them. them, with them. <laughs> this is what happens when you go up the bat as a six-year-old at the t-ball game, Exactly, right? with them. With them. <laughs> That's the most important thing about a leader is that leaders, if you think about it, they, they what leaders do is, okay, so it's like Adam Carolla was saying the other day, you're like a delicious lobster, and what a leader does is they put like, the drawn butter and the lemon on you. They draw out what already exists inside of you. So if you're an investor, you wanna invest in cool companies and you wanna grow your money. So as the person who wants to cut a deal, you're just, the, they're already the lobster. You're not the lobster, you're the drawn butter. You're coming up to them and saying, I can bring that out in you. I can bring out that delicious lobstery taste. a little taste. butter on you. Exactly, I, I'm just gonna give you a dipping sauce and, and everybody's gonna think you are more delicious. And that's what a leader does. This isn't about give me my big chance. This is something that I'm going to bring forward for you. I'm going to be the leader. And leaders don't take the credit. They focus on principles, not their own egos. And they focus on drawing out the true desires of others. Seal the deal. So now we talked about lead. Now we're on to seal. And this is a simple thing. You need to create an absolute zero friction zero cost you want to be able to get out the door with the deal that's the most important right. thing if i'm watching this spreadsheet or if i'm watching this presentation i should say if at the end of the presentation all you need is thirty thousand dollars <laughs> right? <laughs> screech to a halt exactly you want to so first off you want to take away all the fear of uncertainty in their hearts so part of sealing the deal is laying out the rhythm and the kpis so look if we make this move out the door I expect our traffic to triple in, in, in 90 days. And I can report that to you every Friday afternoon. So I'm setting very clear expectations in terms of the data points we're gonna reach and the rhythm at which you're gonna hear about it. So this is very, very simple, right? Now, if you wanna get started on this, I mean, we can just get started tomorrow. Like there's no friction. I'll just go over there and how about even this? You can even give like a money back guarantee on deals. 
how about we talk in 90 days and see if this is going to work out? Because you're leveraging again the thing that you fought against earlier in the conversation, which is physics. Right. Because once you're out the door, the chances of them changing that deal, it's like once you get people on the subscription payment thing, it's like there's these objects in motion tend to stay in motion unless you have a, you know, there's a very specific pain point. A deal maker walks into the room and cuts a new deal with reality, which is the hardest thing to do in entrepreneurship, which is why we're talking about it. It's like a movie scene after you cut this deal. You want to like lightly kick open the door, light up a cigarette, put your sun, sunshades on, you know, and like kind of walk out and walk outside. That's, that's the feeling. The final point about SEAL for me is this. I always think about this when I think about deal making. First off, you know, when you, when you talk about being a leader, I think it's really important when you extrapolate. You talked a little bit about wanting to live in Hawaii or wanting to live in Manila. I think it's very important that you leave your ego out of it because when, when you make it about you, people will become defensive. This is like classic persuasion stuff, yes. right? So if I say to you, like, okay, so I want to convince people, this is one of my favorite persuasion techniques. If you want to convince somebody that you're smart it, and you start telling them all the reasons you're smart, they're going to start immediately thinking of counter arguments. Easily. Right. But if I were to lay out all the reasons that Benjamin Franklin is smart, it's very likely that the listener would be persuaded that I am smart, but because they're, their defenses are down because they're hearing about Benjamin Franklin. Right. But if I'm like, point number one, why? <laughs> people are going to be like, I see your point. Why I'm good for the job, <laughs> right? Well, it's it, really why I'm good for the job. Why am I good for this Manila thing? Look, the Manila thing should happen regardless of me. I'm just the guy that's trying to help you understand that this is the best opportunity. Yes, I'm sitting in this chair. Yes, I'm willing to go to Manila. If you've got somebody else better to go to Manila, send them to Manila. Yeah, and I'll help them, I'll help him or her understand all these concepts because right. I'm passionate about, I really, exactly. You're passionate about the opportunity. You're passionate about the way forward. You just happen to be the guy that's sitting right there. So of course, you know, whoever you're trying to persuade is probably gonna pick you. So you brought up this imagery in my head, which I love. And I think we talked about this earlier, which is, this idea of you're the captain of, remember like venture capital started with actual ventures, like boats going to China to pick up plates and then to brave dangerous atolls and bring them back to Mexico or whatever. It so wasn't, it wasn't a, a sure thing that they were gonna make it back. It wasn't a web app, put it that way. So, you know, I love this idea of you're the captain of this boat and you've stocked it up and it's, it's so well stocked up with clear KPIs, clear concepts, you've got the map, you know exactly where you're going, it's no big deal. This is a boat, man. Boats are used to floating, boats are used to going this direction, and this one, this boat in particular, happens to be leaving very soon. Now, we can go whether or not you're on board, but this is going someplace good. And it's, like, it's this idea of inevitability. Great deal makers can look at the gray matter of the universe, that vague possibility that makes most Mere mortals shiver, shiver in their ex officios. Entrepreneurs look at that gray matter of the universe and they look at you and they make it feel inevitable and they seal the future. Here's the thing about gray matter. There is a lot of it. So I wouldn't be worried if when you first tried to cut your uh, your first deal, it didn't work out. You just shift it. You just keep shifting until you find a Constantly. deal that works with who you're trying to cut it with. I agree if it with doesn't that. work with them, then you find somebody else. Agreed. You gotta be a little bit flexible about what the outcomes are you're trying to achieve. I mean, you're not trying to win the Olympic gold in the 400 meters here. We're talking about, there's a lot of ways to get to the outcomes that you desire. And when you start seeing it 
vis-a-vis other people's lenses by laying out what they want, by being the lemon and drawing out their delicious taste, you're gonna get there a lot faster than if you try to be this Atlas Shrugged character who's just, I'm gonna do it all myself. You know, that's not how you cut deals. Let's get moving on to just the tips. Ian, I read this great article the other day called Inbox Zero for Life. It's a little bit of a mindset tweak when it comes to the inbox. I, I know, constantly revisiting my strategy for going through email yep. and it's just so critical and, and one of the things I like about this article it talks about email triage it talks about a very simple way for organizing Gmail using keyboard shortcuts and stars and stuff like that but the great mindset hack that I like about this article is that the author basically says look the only reason you go to your email is to get rid of it that's the whole idea don't kid yourself you're not being productive right all right so Speaking of combining mindsets, we've got a, a little song from uh, from one of our favorite artists of ben all time, Folds. Ben Folds. It's called Brainwashed, and uh, we hope this episode didn't brainwash anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and make a deal. Go out there and cut a deal, make a cold call, and we'll see you guys next Thursday morning. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do.